0: <laughs> I sound like a cat in heat.
1: Welcome back, kids, to another episode of Whiskey and Wine Sixty
0: Nine.
1: All the spooky time. We're here with another episode of Friday the 69th. We're getting spooky. We're getting mythical up in this bitch tonight on our Friday the 69th.
0: Tonight, we are touching on all over Robert Johnson. Oh, yeah.
1: Getting yes. back into necrophilia once again.
0: Absolutely.
1: We can't stop touching dead bodies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we really can't. It's It's hard. It's really hard not to. And so
1: am I when I'm touching dead bodies.
0: hey I mean, if you think about it, it, the allure is he only has like, what, two photos of him? hmm Isn't it so sexy to be I- touching on somebody that has little to no photos of them in existence?
1: Oh, I know. It's like, name one person you know that only has two photos of them. Boom can't
0: I know we're all sacks of shit that Take- have fed into the bullshit of social media and the fucking realm of nonsense that we all like dive into the black hole of seeking validation and letting our grandmas know that we're all right
1: well granny's gotta know right
0: yeah I mean I don't have a grandma do you I do not yeah no. but I, I'm sure all of you do
1: I mean technically we've everyone who has ever lived definitely does because or has had yeah or yeah or has had but yeah none of my grandmothers are currently living
0: neither are mine god rest their souls yeah how dope would it be if all of our grandmothers were in the same room and just shooting the shit you know
1: i have a strong suspicion that none of my grandmothers would approve of the shit that comes out of my mouth
0: yeah, or perhaps my race. I just have an inkling that your grandmother's No, nah, they weren't well. racist.
1: Come on, babe. Just because
0: <laughs> I just assume. Just because we're assume. white, hey,
1: that you know what that makes you right.
0: Yes, I know. I know. It's so unfortunate that me fighting racism, I end up being racist on my own. It's. I know. I get it. I need to be practice my self awareness. It's
1: a trap. It's a trap. You know who also saw racism in their lifetime?
0: Robert Johnson.
1: Who the fuck is Robert Johnson?
0: When I think of Johnson, I think of like a paddle that you get spanked with as a child. Yeah. So that totally threw me off.
1: Yeah. mm, That's not a common theme in most childhoods, by the way.
0: I feel like every... I've told you this. Like everyone's uncle... Like when your mom trusts her brother, a.k.a. your uncle, to watch you and he threatens you with his Johnson... I mean, that's just init- That's my initial thought.
1: Yeah. Anyways, Robert Johnson is considered to be one of the greatest blues performers of all time.
0: I didn't know who Robert Johnson was <clears throat> until a drunken delight of a, you know, a date night of ours. I say date night very loosely. Us getting drunk in the kitchen and bullshitting. And he was like... My boyfriend, Johnny, of course, the one sitting across from me is like, you don't know who Robert Johnson is. And I'm like, no, who is he? And he's like, well, duh, he's the.
1: Well, yeah, he's the granddaddy of blues, you could say, Uh, as I'm sure many would say, uh, maybe granddaddy of rock and roll, too, really, because blues kind of sprung directly from or excuse me. Rock and roll sprung directly from blues, essentially. So if you if you really really dig deep into it and they and they kind of start touching on it in the documentary where they're like uh on he, Netflix he he kind of influenced uh, a very prominent blues player and he started electric blues or whatever and and from this guy he uh a ro- rock star started becoming a thing and so on and so forth it's like this cascading uh, effect of people being influenced from people and in, in, uh, the origination point is Robert Johnson you know, he has a, he had a bunch of hit songs, uh, a lot of them have to do with the devil, but Crossroad Crossroad Blues, Sweet Home Chicago, these things uh, became like an industry, like the standard for blues. And the reason we're talking about him tonight, other than his uncanny talent and gift for playing the sixth string, is that, you know, he had an incredible influence on blues and then later rock and roll but a part of his story, a huge part of it, is this mythology that he fucking goes down to the middle of a goddamn road and sells his soul to the devil. He's like, hey, buddy, trying to get fucking famous and rich around here. Heard you could hook it up. Devil's like, got a guitar just for you. Tunes it. Here you go, buddy. Uh, and then, boom, does just that.
0: The only catch is that once you die, whenever that may be, your soul is going to burn in the fiery pits of hell for all eternity.
1: Yeah, but that's something you worry about later, you know? you don't. Worry, yeah. You don't worry about that right there.
0: <laughs> no biggie.
1: You don't walk up to the devil and you're like, hey, dude, uh, can I actually make a deal with you and like get whatever I want? And he's like, yeah, I mean, I just require your soul whenever you die, whenever that's going to be, wink.
0: Oh, that's it? It's
1: like, what? I'm not going to die for a long ass time. Let's do this, dude. Boom. And then
0: you die in two years.
1: Yeah. Three months later, you're walking down the road nailed by a train. You didn't even have a train in your town, but somehow it made it there.
0: Yeah. I, I feel like a lot of people hesitate and are more mindful when they make decisions and look at their interest rate versus selling their soul. Well, isn't it funny
1: well yeah there's you know the devil doesn't have like a like a spreadsheet you can look at with a bunch of different interest rates and whatnot. he's got no website that I know of where you could just look at the your interest rates and all the deals and big bucks you could be saving you know what I mean you know what I mean he just he just appears at fucking random roads and he's like hey <laughs> heard heard you're looking for a little talent
0: Anywho's. Yeah. yeah, Anywho, uh yeah, he's an opportunist.
1: Yeah, yeah, but anywho,
0: let's move on. That's let's totally. Right. We you went too far with that one, honey. I don't okay? think so.
1: I went think you just did a little far bit. enough.
0: Uh, we should have just cut it at interest rate, and you could have just kept moving. But you know,
1: you know me. I don't. I don't stop telling jokes until they're fucking dead,
0: <laughs> which is usually upon impact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. The second they're leaving my face. <laughs> But all right, we'll start from the, as they would say, from the top in the music biz,
0: the tippity top, yeah,
1: just the tip. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna dive into Robert Johnson's early life, shall we? Please. Yeah. So, and just in case you didn't know already, Robert Johnson is a black man. Well, wait, well, he was born in Hazelhurst, Mississippi, wherever the fuck that is, in. Sometime in May of 1911, which puts him dab square in the middle of hell before he even sold his soul to the devil. So it's for a black man anyways. Jesus grew up like.
0: Was it an extremely difficult time?
1: Oh, that's putting it lightly if you ask me.
0: So even though he just barely dodged slavery, like they say in the documentaries involving him, he they suffered from discrimination, of course, but also abuse and then also feeling unsafe in general.
1: Yeah. Those and how
0: a lynching was definitely a possibility.
1: 100% every day you walk down the street, you could get lynched being a black man in the South during those times.
0: Especially in Mississippi.
1: Especially in Mississippi. So that's got to tell you something. Mm-hmm. He was the 11th child of Julia Dodds, what? Yeah, I Ju- didn't.
0: I thought he, he was like her only child.
1: Well, okay, so Julia Dodds was married to a wealthy landowner and carpenter named Charles Dodds. But in 1909, uh, Charles gets chased out of Mississippi by a lynch mob, apparently because they were having, or he was having an argument with the other prosperous people of the town uh who happened to all be white and this was a black man who was wealthy which was <laughs> unfucking heard of especially in Mississippi so i imagine it was uh it was very unpleasant for him and so he gets he gets ran off you know and he ends up uh settling in memphis tennessee and at that at that time in 1909 they already have 10 fucking kids you know so, and in the time between 1909 and 1911, when Robert is born, Julia stays in Mississippi, but Charles goes to Memphis or whatever, and she's, from 1909 to 1911, she's sending off their ten fucking kids to go live with him, one by one. Uh, I don't know how fucking long that took, no one really no research I read specifies, but anyways.
0: Well, I had no idea about any of that. I really yeah. was under the impression the way a lot of the documentaries make it sound is that he, they were together. They had a romance and then he got chased off by a lynch mob and they just completely lost touch. And so she moved on and ended I mean, up having Robert.
1: Kind of, but no, like, yeah, all the, all the fucking documentaries and shit, they just like glance over that cause it's not the sexy part, but no, the, Julia and Charles were married, like, for t- fucking 12 years or 10, 20, 20 years, something like that. They got married in, yeah, 20 years. So, they got they got married in 1889. Hmm. Yeah. His mom was cons- a little bit older when she had him. You know, she was going on number 11. That's big boy numbers. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, no, yeah. So, like, when fucking Charles gets ran off, she's like, I'm lonely and this farmhand looks real tasty right now so i would imagine in 1910 she starts getting a little frisky with old noah johnson
0: which is the biological father of robert
1: who is the biological father of robert johnson yeah so in 1910 she hooks up with noah johnson 1911 here comes robert little robbie so they're like still married but he like no longer wants Julia to like come to Memphis. So I'm, I'm assuming the game plan was once it's just like her and one kid, they were just going to go together to Memphis. I'm assuming I don't fucking know, but that doesn't happen because she keeps her ass right there in Mississippi. Um, Does it
0: specify whether it was his idea or her idea to stay?
1: It was his idea. So 100. He,
0: he was just like, no, you should probably stay. I'm going to take care of all the kids and you can move on with your life. Yeah. I wonder how she took that. And I wonder what prompted him to do that.
1: He knew she had another child with another man.
0: Oh, so he felt betrayed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought he, like, said that to her and then she moved on with the farmhand.
1: No, 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 no. Gotcha. So, affair, then he's like, nope.
0: He was like, oh... Okay.
1: Oh, we'd be like that? No. We've only been separated for a year, babe. What the fuck? Can't you wait? Patience, bitch.
0: Well, we don't know what he was doing.
1: Yeah. Um. Actually, from- I'm kidding. I don't know. No, no, no. no Everything no. is presumptuous. I don't Le- know, legitimately, man. like some of the research I've, I've done, it does say that he had a mistress in Memphis. So, I don't know why he was so butthurt. Homie was doing the same shit. But, any um,
0: or it could just be not butthurt at all it's kind of like i'm fooling around you're fooling around there's really no point in you coming down here and, and us continuing i mean it could, this marriage. it could
1: it could have been that i mean very well
0: oh we're getting caught up in the silly
1: shit yeah, okay who cares let's move on. <laughs> really who gives a fuck um
0: we will never actually know and that's okay
1: yeah i'm all right with that but What we do know is that her fucking life does not get any better, that's for sure. Um, because she goes from being, you know, a wealthy, well to do lady about the town to uh literally moving from plantation to plantation being a fucking field worker. You know, with Robert in tow and whatnot. And I think I think still had one of their daughters with her and she helped raise robert actually in 1914 robert and i assume his sister that was helping raise him as well go to live with charles in memphis and uh stays there for a little bit of his childhood goes to school now there's records of him going to school and shit and that's why he's got like you know, he can fucking write and shit. Um, stays there for, what, like eight or five years, something like that. Then in 1919, moves back to Mississippi with his mama. So, like, in this time when he's going back and forth from, you know, Memphis. Well, he go, so he goes to Memphis in 1914, and one of his older brothers that was already there uh, is playing the guitar. And that's where his passion for music begins. He's like a fucking little kid. He's like three, four, five years old. Picks up the guitar from his older brother. Starts teaching him. So it's evident that even from a young ass age of like he's like a little fucking kid, he's already playing guitar. He's already his passion is already there. He's already playing guitar. Nineteen nineteen, he moves back and further[s] this passion by learning two other instruments that we know of: a harmonica. And whatever the fuck a Jew's harp is, that's fact. (laughs) I don't even know what a Jew's harp is.
0: We can, we have our initial thoughts, but we it's not you know. I don't. None of us actually know.
1: I don't know why, but you know how Jews, like Orthodox Jews, have those little fucking curly sideburn things going on. Yeah. I imagine it's just like the sideburns straightened out, and they're just plucking it. Really? That's what I picture. I Jews thought harp. it
0: was like a Jewish females, you know,
1: f- bush.
0: Yeah. And flicking the bean is, you know, playing the harp.
1: What in the fuck is this thing? I just Googled it, imaged it. And it. I don't know how the fuck you play this thing. <laughs> what the fuck is that?
0: It looks like a key slash triangle.
1: I don't even know
0: that you ding around in. If you
1: don't know what a Jew's harp is, Google it and then somebody deem us and tell us how the fuck you play that thing. So it's 1919. He is eight years old at this point. He's playing guitar. He's playing a harmonica and he's messing with Jewish ladies froze. (laughs) So clearly he is not only passionate about this, he's got some talent for it, you know?
0: Which I feel like this is almost a foreshadow. The beginning stages of his incentive incentive to do something like selling his soul. Like, I'm so fucking sick of being shitty at this thing that I care about. Fuck it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's not where I was going with it. (laughs) So (laughs) I was, you know, I've I've done research. I've looked into the facts of this whole thing. (laughs) And (laughs) so I was like, I'm kind of setting the tone for like, look, man, this dude was... He's playing music by the time he's he, he's fucking little kid and continues to play music every step of the way.
0: Maybe he's just good at it and everybody's a fucking hater. Mm-hmm. Oh no, you mean somebody like went away for a while and practiced their ass off and they came back really good? That doesn't make any sense. He yeah. probably sold his soul to the devil.
1: Mm-hmm. This is essentially what what goes down, but. So from 1919 to 1929, uh, he's essentially working as a farmhand with his family, moving from plantation to plantation, but at the same time, he's, you know, hitchhiking, hopping on trains, going from small town to small town, playing his guitar, playing music on street corners for tips. You know, he's going all up and down the Mississippi Delta. And this is when he, like starts coming into contact with uh like master blues musicians like uh we saw one of them sun house he's one who and when they're seeing him at this stage keep in mind he's only you know he's a young he's still a teenager at this point in time um they're not impressed you know they even go as far to say he's a fucking nuisance to them but they're all slightly older they're established musicians and they're the quote-unquote masters at the time um so anyone who's like trying to while you're at a show essentially coming up to you is like man i really want to learn from you let me play let me play the guitar or whatever it's gonna annoy the fuck out of you so you're already gonna see them in a negative light right so even if you do kind of let them pick a little bit and play and they're not a fucking master not having been played not having really been playing for decades, which these guys have already been doing, they're not gonna be good. I don't give a fuck how like early you pick it on. Like if you're not there there you could you and I could pick up a guitar and we could practice an hour a day, every day, for a year or what or however long a time. But if we're just doing that like and the comfort of our home or whatever, just in our spare spare free time, just we do it just because we like it. You're gonna get proficient at it. You're gonna, yeah, I mean, you're gonna know relatively what you're doing, but you're not gonna be stage ready by any fucking means. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, more than likely.
1: Like you can't just, you know, pick a few notes and then get up on a stage and be like, I know what the fuck I'm doing just doesn't happen so yeah of course when they see him at this point they're like this dude's a fucking idiot what is he doing he was just passionate about it and he just really wanted to learn dude turns 18 he's like fuck it i'm tired of being lonely in this bitch you know what i mean mm-hmm. we, we all have been there yeah done some shady shit
0: definitely he
1: did some shady shit married a 16 year old which actually isn't that shady for the times but
0: well he was what
1: he was 18 when they married
0: and she was 16 i thought they were was, both minors and they both lied about their age to get married Am um I wrong?
1: might have been i don't know but it's the marriage certificate is from 1929 uh-huh. so he would have been 18 i guess depending on the month but yeah he would have been 17 18 years old perfect and she was only 16 which are some some say she was like 14 some say 15 some say 16 I don't know, but even still, that's not like that uncommon back, even back, even back then, you know, that's yeah, pretty, pretty common practice.
0: Yeah, so he falls in love with Virginia.
1: Virginia Travis is her name. They
0: lie about their age, get married, run off into the sunset,
1: happy as can be, right?
0: Yeah, and she ends up getting pregnant,
1: fucking all the time.
0: And when she gets closer to full term, I believe he mm-hmm. sends her on a train
1: to her grandma,
0: to her grandmother's house so she can deliver the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, He takes the opportunity to practice and play the guitar during that period of time. And then he, he is supposed to go visit her and spend time with her and the baby. But he finds out that she and the baby both died during childbirth.
1: Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, so when they got married, you know, he was still playing those little juke joints and whatnot, but she wasn't a fan, because she came from a Christian family, and that wasn't, you know, that was the devil's music, so for her, he...
0: Wait, did you say that he, are you jumping into his next relationship?
1: No, 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 I'm just the same one, kind of giving a little backstory for what you just said. Oh, so Virginia, Virginia was came from a Christian family and she wanted him to give up music, you know, have a steady life. And he was willing to do it, work on a farm, do all that for her. So, yeah, when she goes to give birth, you know, uh, he takes that opportunity to, you know, play a few joints, make his way up to wherever the fuck grandma was uh, and make it there in time to see his baby being born. But. Gets there with the big sad news, and her parents were like, "Homie, this is your fault, cause you be playing some devil music. We know what you up to."
0: I thought they just blamed him in general for getting her pregnant, and it's just sour.
1: I mean, I'm sure that was a part of it too, but no, like, cause they were like real, uh, real religious. They
0: already had that negative,
1: hmm yeah,
0: perspective of him because of that yeah because he played the blues, yep gotcha,
1: mhm-. can't play the devil's music and have kids. It's just a no no
0: that alone for anyone would really pierce deep, I feel, and would give you incentive, and like any documentary about him says, you know his life is like tragedy after tragedy, after tragedy. And that alone would be like, fuck it. You know, he's not really taking that seriously. And incentive wise, the overall theory is that he's suffered, um, you know, a terrible childhood and then he finds love and then he suffers that tragedy. And then on top of that, he's just his one and only passion is the blues and playing and going into that realm and he's just not taken seriously in general and all of the above is just enough to tear down somebody's character
1: after his loss he uh he goes back to his hometown and this is when this is where he starts playing and practicing and learning from another prominent musician in the area named ike zimmerman who it is said and reported at him Ike before Robert Johnson comes in the picture was already playing every night at graveyards you know and people like and he was pretty fucking good and so people like attributed his skill to supernatural ability and whatnot, like playing in a graveyard they think ghosts or whatever the fuck gave him his skill and shit like or they assumed that's why he did it like so ghosts would come him with, I don't fucking know. People believe some whack shit back then. People believe whack shit now too, though, for that matter. And, uh, yeah, Robert tags along. He's like, that sounds like a great idea, dude. Let's go play music to dead people. He's back in his hometown for anywhere from like a year to possibly two, maybe even three by some records. It's hard to tell.
0: Well, hold on. To backtrack a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't think that you should downplay um, women dying during childbirth as well as losing their babies. That's kind of...
1: I didn't downplay in- it. It's
0: super insensitive of you.
1: I didn't downplay it at all.
0: You were like, "Womp womp womp."
1: Yeah, that's the sad music, right?
0: Ay, ay, ay. And then also, the whole ghost thing, people believed in weird shit back then. Like, first of all, it doesn't sound that outlandish and... You know, hoodoo and voodoo was huge back then, especially in those areas. So were they involved with that at all? And did that have anything to do with it? Okay, let's go back to the, oh, one of the reasons why people believe he sold his soul to the devil just because he played in graveyards. If anything, I mean, I know that my Filipino, I've heard of Filipino family members eating meals in the graveyard you know, it's just a traditional thing. Like, I mean, I'm sorry. It, that is totally irrelevant. I guess my thing is I get it. If you gather inspiration and it's fun and spooky and you get that privacy to do that, maybe.
1: Yeah, that was that was their thing. Like Ike Zimmerman had even said he was like, nah, bro, which just quiet as fuck. And. No one's around to fuck with us. And yeah, we can just practice and play there and no one's there to complain. You know, it's no one's around. It's a fucking graveyard. So that's why they did it. They just wanted a quiet place to play and practice. Mm -hmm. And so Robert Johnson's learning new styles and learning from a very good guitar player for anywhere from a year to possibly even three. That like i said before if you're practicing and no one knows how long they were actually in the graveyard but even if they were only there for an hour which they were probably there for longer to be honest like you probably got a lot of free time on your hands after the field work is done you know Mm -hmm. so who knows how fucking long they were actually doing that but anyways they were doing it from all accounts like every fucking day so, if you're doing that, if you're practicing at the very least an hour every fucking day for years, you're going to get good. Like, I said, you're not going to be, you're not going to just automatically be ready for to go play a fucking show, but you're going to be good. Well,
0: everybody's different. And I think that needs to be taken into account. The, it's will, very well fucking possible that you could be dope as fuck.
1: And I will get into that because just, I will get into that here in a minute. To summarize where we're at to right now. From a, from a young age, five years old, we'll say, he's already playing guitar. He's already learning from his older siblings. Goes on uh, to different places, learning from different people, learning different uh, instruments. He's obviously got the talent in him to do it. And he's got the passion for it. Those two things alone, you could be great. Even if you weren't practicing every fucking day, you could still be, you could, maybe not great, but you could still be good you could be good and you could very well go play on a street corner and make fucking money so he's from a young age he's playing practicing all the way up until so it's at this point it's 1929 and 1932 so he's 21 ish at the oldest Mm -hmm. so at this point he's been playing for well over a decade practicing and learning from different people different instruments And then he really gets into it, learning from a real good musician for years, for a couple of years, every fucking night. So he's getting good. He's getting good. And at this point, he starts hitting the road again. He's like, I want to get back out there. I miss the road. He encounters Sunhouse again, the old master blues player who said he sucked. And he's, and he he Sees Robert playing again, and all of a sudden, he's fucking good. He goes and plays, and he's like, What the fuck? So, the next time Sunhouse sees him, he's really good, and Sunhouse is taking him back, and he's like, How the fuck did you get so good in a short period of time? And you know, that's when it's coming to light that he's because ike zimmerman joins him he's with him and that and people know of ike zimmerman they're like that fucking dude plays in a graveyard and you know is, is probably deals with the devil oh robert johnson sold his soul the devil boom legend is born baby yeah so we, hey. kind, we kind of touched on robert johnson the man but i guess the myth is And I'm sure even if you're unaware of it, you've come into contact with this myth, the the going down to the crossroads, selling your soul to the devil to become a great musician. That comes from Robert Johnson. That all starts from Robert Johnson because the myth about him was that just that. He was this nobody dude who picked up a guitar one day and just wanted to be a musician and would go watch other prominent blues players play and he would you know, attempt to play and they would basically make fun of him and, you know, run him off. And then he was like, you know, I'll get my vengeance one day. And then he comes back and he's a fucking, he's a genius, a musical genius. And he's doing things that not only the people that are prominent blues players at the time can't do, but just, I mean, outshining them by tenfold. And so the myth, you know, gets spread that, he went to the crossroads sold his soul to the devil and now he's this fucking rock star of a blues player and and that's kind of why we chose this because one it's super interesting uh and two it's 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 a factual event that's wrapped in uh a mythical element to it but according to legend You know, that's what he he did. Went down to the crossroads. Because he had this tremendous desire to become a great blues musician, but he just had no talent or gift or real passion for it. He had no work ethic, clearly. Those were all sarcastic sayings.
0: But what's confusing about everything you're saying is... Yeah, he had the passion growing up and he practiced. But, and maybe your theory is it's all hearsay. Like, who the fuck said he was a bad musician? And
1: Well, Sun Sunhouse and other, like, master blues players of the time all said, like, he was not good when they first encountered him. Like, people, like, researching Robert Johnson's life, like, decades after the fact in interview sun house people this guy that fucking saw him directly and was and was this master blues musician of the time and from those interviews sun house was like yeah he wasn't good he wasn't good disappeared came back and was suddenly good
0: are you pushing opposing him selling his soul to the devil
1: yeah obviously that's fucking stupid
0: Have you always felt this way?
1: I mean, it's fun to entertain because then it's like, well, hello, can I make a deal? Where are you at, dude?
0: Shut up. (laughs) That's not funny because I know you would probably do that. And it's really obnoxious.
1: Yeah, babe.
0: Like, come on. I don't. Please don't do that. If given the opportunity. And you know what's hilarious that I can acknowledge Every fucking unsolved crime and conspiracy theory, we're always like, did anyone consider that this could be a satanic cult or that they sold their soul to the devil? I know. But then when it's actually a huge legend that they in fact sold their soul, we're like, that's fucking outrageous.
1: <laughs> How dare you suggest that? That's this man played his whole entire life just to just to get thrown away to the side to say oh he wasn't good at all he fucking sold the soul of the devil
0: there's little, no way he's that fucking talented little dude. fucking
1: cheater he got no gift no talent fuck this guy yeah no that's what I call bullshit I can say it as a joke because it's funny but when you say it you're being serious and you're an idiot <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs>
0: Were you talking to me? You're no,
1: I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about the people. I'm talking about the people that
0: you're just pointing directly at uh, me while you're saying. Well, it you stuff. just happen
1: to be right in front of me. I'm no, I'm talking about the people that w- were saying that he sold his soul to the devil and that started this legend. I mean, th- honestly, thankfully they did because otherwise, like, he probably would have s- still gotten the the f- recognition that he that he did get. But the fact that his talent was connected to him playing him selling his soul to the devil, like made it that much more intriguing. That was the story. It was like, hey, you should listen to this fucking you should listen to this old ass blues record. Like it's this it's this random it's this random guy in Mississippi who like was not good at guitar and then apparently sold his soul to the devil and became really good. Listen to this. And they listen to it, and he's really fucking good. So you hear that, and you're like, "Holy shit, this is crazy! Sold his soul to the devil to get good, and he's good. Wow!" So you know, it becomes one of those fucking things that you're just like, "Dude, have you heard this fucking record? This guy sold his soul to the devil. Listen."
0: Yeah, which didn't really happen until after he died.
1: And and the dude was smart enough not only to uh, not reject the fact that. You know, he, he didn't go like, no, guys, stop. I, I've been playing my whole life. I Ike Zimmerman is my mentor. He's right here. You know he's really good. I've been playing with him for three years. Of course I got good. Like, what do you fucking think I've been doing? He was like, no, you're right. I did sell my soul to the devil. Check this out. Goes to a fucking recording studio. All his songs are about him selling his soul to the devil and shit. They, like, almost... All of them mentioned the devil or like hellhounds. They all had that kind of theme to them. So like, so he he had that presence of mind to like know that like I can use this to garner attention. Like people are already saying it. Like fuck it, it's a story. It's, I'm gonna use
0: this to my advantage. Yeah. He, so that's the timeline where it's like, okay, here I'm getting good. I'm a, I'm getting exposure. Now there's all these rumors. Instead of denying it, I'm gonna embrace it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um,
0: yeah, that's a, that's a decent theory, Yeah, but it still doesn't explain how he got that fucking good in such a short period of time, which I think is what people are mainly like.
1: There's a bunch of different contributing factors. Like I've said, his, his passion, his inherent ability, his, his inherent musical talent and ability. Like it's, it's one thing to pick up a hobby like the guitar or something and have someone teach you some things and you get relatively good at it whatever and even if it is your passion you continue to play it you you get technically proficient at it but having talent on top of that is a whole nother thing it's a whole nother thing i've there's a lot of people that are technically proficient at playing the guitar but having the talent behind it doing that it mag it magnifies your your technical skill tenfold easily and he clearly had it and on top of that it's um it's thought that he i forget the name of it it's thought that he might have had this disease um that made his fingers like super fucking long and all my research People speculate because he had like abnormally long fucking fingers. When you're playing a guitar, normally your thumb just kind of like sits on the back of the neck. But his thumb was so long and shit and his fingers were so big and He he was a bigger man. His hands were so big and wide and long that he was able to play different parts of the fucking guitar that you weren't normally supposed to be able to play at the same time. So that's, that was a huge thing in attributing his like supernatural gift because it sounded like there was two people playing a guitar at the same time when it was just him. So it was like, dude, is the devil playing with him? Listen to the bass line. That shit slaps.
0: Well, and then I hear people saying, or I heard in the documentary that whenever he noticed somebody watching him play, or was directly in front of him watching him, he would just stop.
1: Yeah, he'd turn his back or something or Mm -hmm. make sure you didn't see him. Yeah, he's probably trying to hide the fact that he's like, yeah, no, I didn't sell my soul to the devil. I can fucking, my thumb is just really long, you dipshit.
0: (laughs) So you think he's just self-conscious about his long fingers?
1: Okay, so it is evident that he has talent. He has passion. And on top of that, for a black man in the South, he was educated. He was smart. He was fucking smart. He he went to school when uh, at a time when most black kids in the South did not. They immediately, by the time they could like, walk and do manual labor, yo ass is in the field, son. And you don't learn shit. You know, that was just a lot in life, unfortunately. And that's sad to say, but he was fortunate enough to have a... I guess stepfather that was wealthy and well off and could have put him in school. So he got, he got educated for a good chunk of his childhood and that goes a long fucking way. You know, being, being talented, being technically, technically proficient and being smart. When the people around you, your competition are maybe one of those three, two of those three at best you have a huge advantage over everybody. You can use every weapon in your arsenal against people strategically and make a name for yourself when other people when the masters at the time were sitting there looking like what the fuck? This kid is this kid is supernaturally gifted.
0: So basically, you feel like this is a classic underdog situation where he Had the talent, he just wasn't proficient, and so therefore he was severely underestimated
1: Mm -hmm.
0: by people who were super known and well-versed at the time. Then he goes away and commits to becoming proficient and comes back and shows them, shows it all.
1: He gives them the raw dog. Yeah. He whips that big Johnson out, you know what I mean?
0: Oh, Yeah. Yeesh. Yeah.
1: and like on top of that oh what I was what I was getting to earlier about being able you could be technically good um but not be stage ready it is said by many many people that uh he wouldn't like in his recordings all his shit is like super unique to him like that's definitely Robert Johnson playing but when he was doing live performances he would just play whatever the audience wanted, and like it was, it was always, it was always said that he, like he could listen to a tune or whatever and just be like, oh yep, got it, and would could just play it. Like my friend Colton, it's just like that. Dude could just hear a song, he's like, pick a pick a little bit for like a minute, and he's like, all right, I got it, and could just play it. They're just gifted like that. They just got an ear for it. Some people have it, some people don't.
0: I like this whole theory and of logical i'm so sorry i love your theory right now and for you to break it down so logically because if you think about it if he were to sell his soul to the devil yeah it doesn't guarantee you a long life necessarily but i feel like with the years that you do have shit is supposed to be popping for you right Mm -hmm. like okay yeah you're talented and you're kind of blowing people out of the water but he never was able to experience the glory of that directly because he ended up you know still being really low-key and a lot of his records didn't get sold until like years after him dying
1: yeah it was um a lot of researchers think that that a huge part of his you know myth about his dealings with the devil survived mainly, mainly due to like the rediscovery of his music and the fifties and sixties mainly by white people. Like, I don't, I'm not sure. Cause I feel like back then that would be like a word of mouth kind of thing. Cause I mean, obviously cause there's like little to no record of literally anything about his life. But so I don't know how like decades later you would, you would catch wind of that story. I guess it's just one of those things that survives through time. I don't know. But It's interesting as fuck to think about, you know, it's interesting and entertaining to entertain for sure. But is that what I think happened? God, no, not
0: in this specific circumstance.
1: No. Yeah. I'm sure you could sell your soul to the devil. I just don't think Robert Johnson did. I think, you know, he got lucky that some fucking idiot was like, Yep, he uh, sold the soul to the devil, and he was smart enough to be like, "Sure did, boss. Come watch me play tonight."
0: I see that. Yeah, I like it.
1: Yeah, I mean, he did uh, it. And, you know, it said that he, like he gave the audience what they wanted. They loved the audiences, loved him, and he's super and that,
0: intuitive.
1: Yeah, super intuitive, intuitive, and uh, he just like. He had a he had a large stage presence, you know, he he quickly built a rapport with with the audience and like even just random people throughout the town, like so every time he'd come back, like people would treat him really well. Like he was just he was just one of those charismatic, talented fucking dudes that was smart enough to use uh a silly rumor someone started about him to his advantage, I think. But thank God cuz literally everyone that every like musician that has listened to him has like said that his influence on their music was like profound which is pretty funny you can like hear it in uh Keith Richards music and all yeah that. they
0: all have and they all have his vibe up uh, to an extent
1: Bob Marley Stevie Ray Vaughan like they all got those blues vibes to him and shit and that all comes from Robert Johnson mm-hmm which is amazing. It's amazing that, you know, all you gotta do is sell your soul to the devil in a graveyard or a crossroads, wherever you wherever you can find the guy at, you know? And make a little cash, money, money, money.
0: Oh, for God's sake.
1: I know. It's about that time, baby. We're gonna wrap this bad boy up. Wrap Please. it up. Like, oh, you know what?
0: Like a piggy in a blankie. Not
1: like Robert Johnson did because he died at an early age of 27 there's a whole thing that people think that he got po- or it's it's said that he got poisoned because he was a little bit of a little bit of a playboy and he was flirting with a a married man's lady and so he poisoned her or he sorry uh <laughs> he the the married man or the wife poisoned Robert Johnson and that's how he died but um, you know, like doctors and scientists and shit think he died of syphilis. So well, be like us, ladies and gentlemen. Wrap it up. That's going to be it from Johnny and Lizzie at Whiskey and Wine.
0: Yeah, stay tuned for our next episode on Tuesday.
1: On Tuesday, motherfuckers. It's going to be great.
0: Like the cheese.
1: <laughs> I get it. I get it
0: Speaking of
1: Speaking of healthy shit for you
0: Yeah You know like we Johnny and I smoke like motherfuckers So if you kind of want to make yourself feel better About your terrible destructive habits You should probably squirt a little strike force energy Into your water each and every day Maybe even a couple times a day Because it's loaded with vitamins And just the right amount of energy To get you through your day With a healthy mindset and if you do happen to decide to take my advice on just that, you should use our promo code, WhiskeyWine69. hmm. So just fucking utilize it and try it out and let us know what you think. Send us a direct message, yeah. whether it's positive or fucking negative.
1: I've convinced a few people to start, start trying it. My boss is doing it. He heard about it and he was like, I wonder if that shit's any good. And I was like, oh, it is. He's like is that why you haven't been drinking monsters anymore And I was like yep
0: He
1: was like oh shit that makes sense
0: Did you give give him our promo
1: code Uh You're a shitty
0: person If you didn't because that's a huge discount
1: Yeah It's not
0: even for us y'all like seriously It's fucking 20% off Yeah no Jesus fucking Christ like that's a huge discount
1: Even before the discount it's fucking affordable But slash another 20% off Yeah fuck yeah dude like, even if you're just trying it for the first time you get the variety pack, like, takes 20% off that. And that, I think it's only $4 to begin with just to try it <laughs> out. So why the fuck wouldn't you? But back to the show, shall we? Yes, please. <clears throat> so Robert Johnson. Robert Johnson, right? What more do you need to know? Sold to the devil. Just call it a day. <laughs> and that's right where we will leave it. So please do us a huge favor. If you enjoy these podcasts, subscribe. Leave us a review. Uh, you can find us on every major platform and even the smaller ones. Wherever you like to listen to your podcast, we are there. If we're not, shoot us a DM on Instagram at Whiskey Wine sixty nine, and we will get on the platform. It would really help us out, and we would greatly appreciate it. And while you're at it, go ahead, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers. Maybe, maybe not tell your boss. It depends on how cool they are. But get the word out. Whiskey and wine is here to fucking sixty nine all the time. Peace.
0: That's so funny. I should say that actually. dicks
1: (laughs) Dicks.
0: <laughs> oh. I love a good
1: BBC. You know what I mean.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like before Christ. <laughs>
1: mm, yeah.